And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Sorry, I can't go to work today. I have a cat on my lap. Well, you're fired. That's okay. I have a cat on my lap. Want to go on a walk? I have a cat on my lap. Want to go on a date? There's a cat on my lap. The house is on fire. I have a cat on my lap. We have to run. As previously stated, I'm incapacitated. Oh, and it left. It's gone. Bye. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, January 25th. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory. Alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tassie? We got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And finally, making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. And here we are. No Lily once again. Sending our best wishes out to our guy. To our Aussie. He's okay. He's okay, guys. He's just in a little health and safety protocols himself right now, you know? Do Everybody's you, taking a turn. Do you think he's watching live right now? <laughs> Don't even think about it. No, he's absolutely not. He's he's playing he's playing Lego. Oh yeah, he's building. Yeah. He's building right now. <laughs> what do you think he's going with? Uh, a car of some sort. Let us know what you think Lee is building yeah. Lego style right now. And if somehow you are watching Lee, let us know what you're building while you watch and you play with your Lego. Uh, shout out to the stream team for joining us live on YouTube right now. Subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. I'm sure we'll hit the beach at some point this week. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at nodunksinc. Fun show, I think, here today. We're going to get to the games. There's only four on last night, so we'll touch on all four of them. And then later on, we're going to go through the top trade candidates for each Eastern Conference team. And if people like it enough... We'll do the Western Conference uh, tomorrow or some point later this week. But we'll do through the we'll go through every team in the East and like pick a player in some cases two that you're like, ooh, they could be moved at the deadline here. There's a possibility, and we'll talk it out. Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be good to rejig our memories about all the players that could be dealt on the 15 Eastern <laughs> Conference teams because Ben Simmons is sucking up so much exactly. out of the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. other good players in the league. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that later, but let's start with the games from last night. Uh, and we're going to begin with Kevin Love's barrage and Garland's <laughs> late three to help the Cavs hold off the Knicks 95-93. to They had a couple, I guess, 15-point leads the Cavs did. Knicks got back into it, had some chances tasked, but Cleveland pulls off another victory. What do you think? Let's talk about that barrage here in the garage. Why the heck not? We love rhymes here. Kevin Love and that harmonious relationship that he's working with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Why can't I talk? The Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Who saw this coming? Nobody with the way the last couple of years have gone. And Kevin Love is in an absolute perfect perfect role for him. Could it be any better? He comes off the bench and just fires threes. 
You look at his line yesterday, 6 of 12 from the floor, 6 of 12 from three. He <laughs> took 12 threes, and that's it. He just has to run up and down and play against other teams' benches. Doesn't have to play in the fourth quarters. Doesn't have to play defense as much against starters. So I wonder, without him, there's absolutely no way they win this game. He is just such a skilled player out there. And I wonder, when we get to the trade targets for each team, is Kevin Love one of them? Spoiler, he's not. Yeah, I, I don't think the Cavs would trade him. They've yeah. got so many young guys on rookie contracts. So even though Kevin Love eats up so much of the salary because you've got Mobley and Okoro and Garland on their rookie deals... Why trade him? Right. Why? Right. It doesn't really make sense. Maybe next year, but even Rubio comes off the books this year. So either way, Kevin Love's got this great relationship with the young guys on his team. He comes out there. He gets all jived up in in the in the huddles. He's just he's a member of the team, which you didn't really think would happen last year. Uh-uh. And a key part to this team, because they do need scoring. I thought. Uh, my man, Evan Mobley, even though he hit his numbers yesterday, we'll get into uh, his over-under on his prop line a little bit later. I want to talk about that. He hit the over, mm-hmm. but he didn't seem like his bouncy self. Maybe because Jared Allen wasn't there. He had some more responsibility out there. But that's just a great thing to say about Evan Mobley, that you've, I've got these expectations. Everybody's got these expectations for him to have a great game. And yeah, he still had a great line. But uh, they needed Kevin Love, mm-hmm. and they couldn't really close it out down the stretch. That's one thing about the Cavs, and either could the Knicks, obviously. Uh, their end-of-game execution, they absolutely Ooh. need a point guard <laughs> to get them into things yeah. because it just ends up in Julius Randle's hands. And yeah, things kind of just go south uh, a lot of the time because it's it's just Julius Randle against the world or sometimes R.J. Barrett will take it to the cup, but it just takes so long to get into sets and the whole Kemba Walker, Emmanuel quickly thing isn't necessarily working out as we'd expect. Mm-hmm. And uh, Derek Rose isn't in the lineup and they desperately need him. So it's just such a strange team that could use a big shakeup. Just over two weeks to the trade deadline, even though they have 10, 11, 12 guys that you know and that are capable, they're like the Hawks in that it would be great for them to package a few of these yeah. good players to get a great player. Speaking of former Hawks, Cam Reddish in his second game available for the New York Knicks didn't even get into the game. So that is something to watch because he wanted to be traded to be a star. And he got into his first game on Saturday, played a couple minutes, but in this one didn't play. So I wonder how that scenario goes. This Knicks team just not executing enough. Yeah, the Knicks, TK, had several chances in the final couple minutes to, to get this victory. I mean, quickly took a brutal mm. three-pointer. He had a rough, rough night, 1 of 10 from the field, but an ill-advised three-pointer he took. Um, you know, Barrett long on a 3-2, though I thought he played great. I thought he had some amazing takes to the rim uh, in the fourth quarter. But yeah, this whole rando mid-post ISO <laughs> taking forever to get into it, then it goes to him, and it's like, oh boy, what are they doing here? And then they missed a bunch of free throws, too. They killed themselves at the line, only 11-21, to 21, but uh, not good here from the Knicks. Execution was not there. It was a real, what are we running here? <laughs> sort of night yeah. for the Knicks in the last minute. Uh, I hated the possession where Randall got the ball. I think it was maybe 18 seconds. He brings the ball up on the left wing and just kind of like does a few crossovers and then dishes it to Barrett, basically hands him a grenade like, yeah, you shoot it. Yeah. Why not attack if you're Julius Randle? But he had the side cleared out for him and then obviously their last possession struggled to get it in and it's just a heap at the buzzer, basically no chance. So two chances really the, the Knicks could have won this game, not to mention they went on a couple of runs here. If they would have been able to keep it going, they could have been fine. But 
It just all comes down to Julius Randle, I do feel like, with this Knicks team. It's live and die with Julius Randle. It is. Last year, they were living with him. Yeah. This year, they're dying a little <laughs> bit more. And, you know, the shots really haven't changed. The offense hasn't really changed. Last year, he just made a ton of them. So he got named second team All-NBA. This year, he's off. He is mm-hmm. now officially the least efficient high usage player in the NBA. Nice. That's according to uh, Jonathan Macri. Yeah, he's first at the... <laughs> Counts at for that. something, at least, yeah, you know. Um, but... Yeah, if you've watched a lot of Knicks games, that uh, that checks out, unfortunately. Unlike last year where he couldn't miss those crazy uh, contested twos and he was attacking and I think the playmaking was better. I also think his defense was a little more engaged last year and I, it's probably a spillover by uh, of when the shots are falling, you give it a little more effort maybe on the defensive end and he has just taken a step back overall, Tess. Yeah, and I guess the difference between this year and last year as well is that he had a playoff experience that didn't go very well as a number one guy and maybe that's wearing on him a little bit. That's It's just a different mentality in New Toughest York. Toughest thing to do in the league. To be a star player, to bring it every single night, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, that's true. And then, uh, and it's especially tough in the postseason when you don't have a guy beside you. And now, yeah, that bleeds into year number two here with the Knicks, with this franchise, this fan base all over you. It's, uh, yeah, it's not, it ain't the same as last year, that's for sure. We'll save the, uh, you know, Knicks trade talks for uh, later in the show here when we go through each Eastern Conference team. Um, I saw you tweet this. I wanted to bring it up. Hilarious anecdote in the AP report. Uh, Had me laughing. Again, Trey tweeted it. Cavs coach JB Bickerstaff. um, He's not sharing the same musical taste as his young players. That's to be expected. He's an older guy. They're young guys. Quote, this is Bickerstaff. We have some people. If it didn't happen after 2000, it didn't happen. All right. That doesn't stop Bickerstaff from playing his favorite tunes during shootarounds. He does keep the mood light and maybe educate his players on artists like Mary J. Blige and Bob Marley. Um, 21-year-old Isaac Okoro, not a fan. This is an actual quote from Okoro. Now he's saying it playfully. His music brings the energy down. I tell him every day to change the music, but he doesn't listen to me. Uh, I just thought this was hilarious that this was in the AP report of the game. But the Cavs are riding high. They're 10 games over 500, first time since uh, LeBron, I guess, back in the last finals run there for them. So uh, 29 and 19. Yeah. Bob Marley, Mary J. Blige, would you like to hear that in the shoot-around? Or is no. Got a <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'm completely with him. I, yeah. I like Bob Marley. I would listen to Bob Marley basically any time except for right before a basketball game. <laughs> I don't think you're getting hyped. Mary J. Blige is a little hit and miss for me. But yeah. I saw Colin Sexton was wearing a Mary J. Blige t-shirt yes. on the bench uh, last night. Obviously, he's been out for a while. So... That was funny to see in the first place. And then once you read all these quotes afterwards, yep. you're like, ha, ah, you're needling them. Uh, you can tell, though, the chemistry is good for the Cavs. With things like this, these jokes yep. coming out, even Isaac Okoro, he had this joke about the music. He also said he couldn't believe how high Kevin Love jumped when he celebrated one of his made threes. He's like, I haven't seen him jump that high forever. Kevin Love said this is the most fun he's had playing in the NBA since the 15-16 season when they won the championship. What a change for Kevin Love. He hated being on the Cavs after LeBron left. Remember when Sexton joined the team and there were reports coming out of the vets, the vets, him and Tristan Thompson saying, this guy doesn't know how to play basketball. Sexton went down. He loves Garland. He calls him his little brother. You can see the bond between him, and he's being a really great vet here, which is a huge change for the Cavs, having everybody actually want to be there. I don't know what's more improbable about this Cavs season. The fact that Ricky Rubio was playing at basically an all-star level, like coming in there, and you maybe predicted that. Kevin Love doing this. No way anybody saw this. Like after him, like, yeah, pouting for the last couple of seasons here. Him contributing. Uh, What's also also improbable? 
they're gonna have like two all-stars and like everybody's totally okay with it. It's like trying to figure out just who they are. You know, it's like Mobley is in the conversation. Is it just Jared Allen? Is it Garland as well? Or is it overall just a record here where they're like knocking on the door of the number one seed mm-hmm. in the Eastern? They're not that far behind. I don't have it in front of me. It's a couple games back. It's it's all, it's, it's been a wild season here. It's bonkers. And the way they've dealt with all those injuries. And the, yeah, great yeah, point. Sexton and Rubio to lose two of your top three guards. How? How is that possible? You look around the league with teams going down. They haven't been able to stay afloat. Now, they are able to get to the fourth quarters, and they just need a closer to finish things out because I'm backing them. I feel like they should they should still hover around the top four spots in the Eastern mm. Conference. And it's cool that they have a coach on the floor because Garland's wearing the Mary J. Blige that Bickerstaff supports, but it's a weird combination. Mary J. Blige pregame? I think that's what I would do, too. If I was a coach, I would alienate my players uh, <laughs> by playing some smooth R&B before the game that no one you would, would want to hear. You would play so much John Legend in yeah, your, your shoot And everyone rounds. would hate it, but hopefully gar- my point guard would throw on a John Legend shirt. And, and, and why would he do that? I don't know. Why is he doing that? He's a Mary J. Blige fan. It's well, Sexton true. was wearing the Mary J. shirt. Just oh, my bad. That's yeah, my yeah, bad. Yeah, that's yeah, my bad. That's yeah. totally, yeah. Colin Sexton obviously not playing. Right. Uh, that's, uh, it's a weird combo. Very weird combo of, of all that stuff happening. It's like they're watching our show. It's like the 1980s and 1990s basketball players being mentioned all the time. <laughs> right. Who are these guys? JB Bickerstaff needs a younger guy on his Bickerstaff to pick some of the music, I guess. <laughs> no, no, it's working. <laughs> They need like a JJB, the junior JB. <laughs> yeah. JB Bickerstaff is 42. He's not like an oh, old guy at true. all. <laughs> He's like, I'm, pl- I'm so old school playing this music from the 1990s. Ever heard of it? Why is he <laughs> picking like, the what? music, though? That's a great question. Why is he picking the music? It's a power music? move. I love it. Yeah, it's because Kevin Love comes in, always turns on the Beach Boys. He's like, no, <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right, uh, let's keep it going here. Our next game from last night, Devin Booker and the point god, Chris Paul, lead the Suns past the depleted Jazz, missing a lot of guys. 115-109, Trey Kirby. Yeah, Jazz were missing basically everybody. everybody. Yeah. You know, Mitchell, Gobert, Bogdanovich, uh, Malone wasn't playing, Stockton, we know. <laughs> Can't get tickets <laughs> to the game. So the Suns took care of business. This is a classic Suns win. I don't know how many times this has happened so far this year, but it feels like every single game. They play it close through three quarters, fourth quarter, haha. We got Chris Paul. Chris Paul time. Yeah. He just out-executed the Jazz the way he has done so many times this year. In the fourth quarter, Chris Paul went for 15 points on five of seven shooting, three rebounds, three assists, and a steal. I think it's time for Chris Paul to take his turn as the MVP favorite right now. Wow. <laughs> You know, DeRozan got some buzz in December when the Bulls won a whole bunch of games in a row. We've been talking a lot about Joel Embiid as he's been putting up McAdoo-like numbers recently. Luka Doncic, I think, is going to be taking a run here. But Skeets, you've said it a few times. The Suns still have single-digit losses right now. And Chris Paul is the best fourth-quarter player in the league right now. Yep. He, I I thought the graphic they showed last night was that he's he's got the the highest clutch plus minus or something like that in all these games because the Suns have played a whole bunch of really close games and it always always comes down to Chris Paul doing everything he's been the best player on the best team he's super clutch so I don't know I think it's time for a little bit of Chris Paul buzz I can't believe it got me defending John Stockton one week now I'm saying Chris Paul's an MVP this is growth people oh my goodness but this was a perfect example of why he is at least at the table because the Jazz were up in this game, like in the fourth quarter. A couple minutes in the fourth quarter, they're up four. And again, they have nobody playing, so it's like, oh, Suns can't be happy about that. But then, Chris Paul, 15-foot, step-back jumper. A minute later, Chris Paul, three. 
Okay, Suns have the lead back. Next possession, assist in traffic to Biombo, who's playing incredibly for them. A lot of it because, oh, you know, set a pick, Chris Paul's going to find you. And just dunk it or lay it in. Jazz call a timeout because suddenly their lead is, you know, basically gone. They're down three now. Suns get a stop. Oh, Chris Paul splashes another three. They're up six. Then play gets a little sloppy on both ends for a bit. No one scores until Chris Paul gets the line. He misses one, so he splits a pair. Jazz finally score on a white side dunk, but Chris Paul's not done. The next two possessions, he sets up Cam Johnson for a three. Boom. And then he hits a little layup floater. He tacks, kisses it off the glass. Sun's up eight. Five minutes left. Now Clarkson, like, caught fire at the end, and it got a little closer than they probably wanted, but it's like those... And he's done this so many times this year if you've watched Suns games. Three to five minute stretch where he just turns the game on its head, Tass. They're either trailing or they just put the game away. And a lot of it's because the ball's in his hands. He's money from mid-range. He's going to set up guys for threes or obviously guys inside uh, for, for easy baskets. It's a clinic with him right now. Surprising that this was his season high of 27 points because he <laughs> wow. you, you'd think he'd that. have a 30-point game. But yeah, join the MVP table, as Sarah Gray is saying here in the YouTube streams. It's more of a banquet hall than an MVP table currently. There's just so many guys at the table. Yeah, <laughs> JD loves this photo, man. You We're can... gonna have to pull up a second table. There's no doubt. No, there's no. there's a lot of guys. I think the scoring is always gonna hold Chris Paul back, but he's doing a great job of being on such a good team where he doesn't have to score the first three quarters and that his season high is 27 points and they're still in single digit losses and he's got enough help. Dem Booker at 33 in this game to get him to that fourth quarter. And Chris Paul, yes, they're they're just saving those legs that he played 40 minutes on again. Is there going to be a point where he takes a little bit of a rest? Yeah. Uh, I'm not so sure, but they're, they're just going too well to, to not... L- listen, they want home court advantage. The Golden State Warriors are uh, a great, great, great home team. So the Suns want to keep this one seed, and they've got it. They've got a three-game lead, while the Jazz are falling down in the Western Conference standings. But let's... Let's be a little positive, Pete. Here, they're not good at home this year. They're actually they actually have the same record on the road as they do at home. And sometimes when you're one of these teams that hasn't gone to the promised land, it's nice to start on the road in the playoffs. You don't have that home court pressure. You don't have to get those first two games. You just have to get one. I think that will help them in the playoffs. They are the four seed now, and I think that reduced pressure will help their main guys. I think need rest before the postseason, like the older ones especially. Mike Conley's not a Chris Paul right now, so he's not logging minutes right now. If you want to be real positive about it, Bogdanovich, keep them fresh. Because it doesn't matter if they have the one or two seed. It hasn't worked out in the, in, in the past, so maybe you can be a little positive mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, they, are, they are missing. I, I mean, they were missing like six of their top everybody. nine scores last night. Everybody on the lineup. Uh, I'm surprised Clarkson didn't go for 45 last night, really, uh, getting all the shots. Um, Rudy Gay was, a bit. Sorry to Rudy yeah. Gay was out there. And if we're talking AP reports, according to the AP, they were just watching the milestones. He moved into the top 100 scores of all time. Rudy Gay, shocking. You know, over 17,000 points. Passing Mr. Chris Webber. Uh, So um, he is in the conversation, obviously, as uh, one of the best players to never be named an all-star. He's in with Rod Strickland and Derek Harper and... Andrew Wiggins, of course. Uh, but, <laughs> of course. But, His spiritual forebearer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 17, that's a lot of points for a guy who's never made an all-star game. We've talked about him and Andrew Wiggins potentially making 20,000 points without making an all-star game. Wiggy will get there. But will he also get an all-star appearance this year? Mm. It's possible. It is crazy that Rudy Gay has scored more points than Joe Dumars, James Worthy, 
you know, Grant Hill, okay, injuries came into play. Jerry Stackhouse, that is pretty crazy. To, like, those are some some pretty big names when it comes to scoring the basketball. And uh, Rudy Gay's just been around long enough that he's had a couple seasons where he scored 20 per and then usually just scores basically 16 to 20 every season. <laughs> couple, couple Hall of Famers in there and, and yeah. C-Webb and Dumars, yeah. Grant Hill as well. Yeah. Rudy Gay's a Hall of Famer. Oh, boy. Uh, I, was, oh, I was doing boy. some I Hall know. of Fame watching last night looking at Kevin Love. Nope. No. No, uh, you're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> no. You're right. Hey, he says you're right. Hey, you're right. But there's going to be the argument of a couple All-NBAs, five All-Stars, championship, most improved, if you want to get that dirty. But, yeah, he hasn't he hasn't done enough. Most improved. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't get you in the Hall. But, uh, yeah. Okay, when, so oh, if that, Kevin Love comes, is not in the Hall of Fame, then Rudy Gay is surely oh, not in the Hall of no. Fame. No. Oh, wow, no come way. on. You have to make an All-Star game to be a, yeah. in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I agree. There's a baseline. There's a baseline. Well, how many did Rodman make? He only made two, right? See, that's, a, that's a good point. Put him in. Yeah. I will say, Manu. to me, it looked like Rudy Gay is taller now. <laughs> I don't know if it's man, just, yeah, just being around uh, Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside, it just seems like he's taller. Or maybe it's because Bismack Biombo was playing and he's, you know, he's listed at 6'8", just like Rudy Gay. I thought Rudy Gay was taller than Bismack Biombo last night. So <laughs> I don't know. I can't wait. 10 years from now, you're going to be seeing Rudy Gay, 20,000 career points. People forget Rudy Gay was a bucket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. were there, man. He was sometimes a bucket. He was. He was. Sometimes. And that clip will definitely be shared with the guys yelling. <laughs> not, Anybody, this guy. not this guy. <laughs> not this guy. Uh, just final note on the Suns. Like you saying, hey, let's give Chris Paul his shine here. He's definitely at the MVP table. You want to say he's the MVP of late. Like where Kendrick yes. Perkins up in here. Yes. That's fine. That's fine. I like that because he's not going to win it. We all, no. we all agree with that. Um but it's nice timing because the Suns' record, 37-9, their best start in franchise history since 06-07. The old Steve Nashy days. Um, so, you know, there's, uh, you know there's, there's comparisons there, obviously, as the playmakers, as the floor generals of getting this team uh, to play a little bit above their head. But Chris Paul's not going to win it. I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe if they have the 65 yeah, exactly. wins, I, I don't know. If I, they keep winning at this rate, he's at least got a chance. I agree that, I mean, I don't, it feels like he would finish top three. Yeah. If, if the Suns yeah. have the best record in the league, it feels like he would at least finish top three. The numbers, he's not going to have the counting stats that the winner is going to have right. most likely. But, like, seeing Steph, Steph Curry go off to such a huge start and now he's fallen back while the Warriors have also fallen back I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility but he is definitely the MVP of late it's also January we'll see what happens yeah. by April yeah it's it's difficult too when you do have a guy like Devin Booker on your team who's a, a lock to be the all, another, another all-star who goes for games where he scores you know he scored 33 last night we're 35 even shots so yeah well yeah yeah it's not the most efficient for sure but he can have those games I mean where he's like of course scores 40 or 50 and you're like that gets all the headlines where Chris Paul just goes about his business 15 and 10 15 yep. and 10 15 and 10 but takes over late all right our next game let's get to Vucci baby and the Bulls withstanding a late thunder round <laughs> to win 111 110 they pulled it out Trey all I can say is Ask any racer, any real racer. Doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Yeah, baby. Not a convincing one for the Bulls last night, though. No. I will say, but after losing six of eight, including a bad one against the Magic this week, a much-needed win, kind of a tale of two halves and kind of a tale of three quarters and one really bad quarter. The Bulls built a huge lead, got out to a 28-point advantage in the third quarter, and then kind of thought the game was over. The Thunder pressure picked up. They started trapping. They started playing full court, and the Bulls honestly just pooped their pants a little bit. Five turnovers in the fourth quarter, completely blew the lead, 
got down to a one-point game with 15 seconds left. Zach Levine made a couple of free throws to put Chicago up by three. Then Shea Gilgis-Alexander gets the ball. Down three, had a nice look at it, yeah. and barely missed. Would have tied things up. The Bulls got the rebound, made some free throws, and Muscala made a three to make it look ultra close. But I was nervous because the Bulls have blown this exact game against the Thunder twice recently. Last season, the Bulls blew a 22-point second-half lead. Shea Gilgis-Alexander hit a game-tying uh, like pull-up jumper to mm. send it to overtime where the Thunder won. In 2019, the Bulls lost by three after leading by 26 points in the first half, 19 at halftime. So I was like, not again. Oh not this guy again. Nonetheless, you could really see, I thought, in the fourth quarter how reliant the Bulls had become on DeMar DeRozan because they did not handle the Thunder's pressure well at all. Led to the turnovers and just they looked completely unsettled. They scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. No Lonzo, obviously. No Caruso. Zach Levine was back, but he looked rusty to me. He had some really, really brutal turnovers. Uh, so, yeah, 19 points in the fourth quarter. Not good, but the Thunder, credit to them. They just kept playing the way they always do. And shout out to my guy, Ayo Dasumu. Started 9 for 9, finished 10 for 14. Career high 24 points. Also added 8 assists after he got called out by Billy Donovan for 0 assist game against the Magic. <laughs> this guy's the steal of the draft. And he's, he's honestly good. becoming a little bit of a season saver for the Bulls with all of the injuries they've had. They need somebody who can handle the ball and make plays. He was great last night. If he doesn't play... This might be another disappointing one for yep. Chicago. Back to your uh, Fast and Furious quote there. Do you think Vin Diesel's ever pooped his pants? Oh, guaranteed. I think so, too. Yeah, once you hit the NOS. <laughs> 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 Anything to add to the Bulls? <laughs> I absolutely want to add to that NOS evacuation there. Um, so was it? Is it just the force that caused the poop, you think? It's just yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... He had no control. You're saying it wasn't. He was. He wasn't nervous. It's just. It, it <laughs> no, was just hit. He's mock, never nervous. Mock three. Never nervous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's never been nervous. Okay. In any of the fast tens, he's never. Okay. In fast five, <laughs> when they're driving on the bridge, there's a time when uh, like the bridge collapses and he floors it to go under the bridge. And he barely makes it, and he's like, <sighs> "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." It's yeah, the yeah. one time he's looked rattled, <laughs> like like thirty hours of movie. <laughs> one time he was worried, so that's probably honestly uh, what it happened. One, the one time. <laughs> do, you, do you have anything to add to the Bulls Thunder game? That was good to know. Uh, well, I did say uh, we had the uh, Dejounte Murray SGA debate last week. Yeah, who's a better player? And part of my Dejounte Murray argument was that he's better at multiple things than SGA is. Uh, like, SGA, we know, can drop 50. The question wasn't who was a better player, I just want to say. It was, who would you start your franchise around? Okay. Which is why I was pro-SGA, just being younger. Two, so two years younger? Yeah, yeah. Okay, 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 yeah. Okay. I can interpret that as best player. Sure, sure. Uh, he is definitely, DeJounte Murray, definitely the better defender. SGA, definitely the better scorer. And I thought DeJounte Murray is a better facilitator, getting guys involved. But SGA did a great job of that in this game. And so... Yeah, I want to retract that part of it a little bit. I think DeJounte Murray does look to get guys more involved. SGA is a little bit more of a one-track, you know, modern-day point guard where I'm going to score. DeJounte mm -hmm. Murray is more of a facilitator, but SGA was really good when that shot 
wasn't there, or when he just wanted to set up his teammates in this one. He's got great vision. Yeah. Really great And one vision. of those guys plays for Popovich, where I'm sure yeah. it's like ingrained in you. Totally. Like, hey, let's let's make the extra pass, or obviously let's set up guys. And SGA's playing on a team that's done nothing for the last couple of years and probably feels some responsibility of like, well, I got to get us some buckets here if we're going to have any chance in this. I just can't wait to see him play with like really good talent. Really good him. guys. Sure. It will be awesome. Just, you know, same with DeJounte. Not that he's like surrounded by all-stars right now either. But, he had a smooth 31 in this game. And SGA, uh, yeah, again, playing both sides. And I know you played your your over-under player prop lines. Yeah, I did. You did great. Thank you. You're welcome. But I got a little greedy. I threw in another one into my parlay, Miles Bridges. I just, like, went Miles Bridges over. Excuse me, Mikhail. Thank you. Mikhail Bridges over, I think it was 18.5 or 19.5 points, rebounds, assists. You know, they're playing the Thunder, or excuse me, the Jazz without anybody. He'd been on his last couple games. I was like, he might do that in points. That might be 18, 19 points for him tonight. Oh. It was Cam Johnson instead. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's yep. Herbie. That's but uh, you called. You called SGA on the over. Well done. And uh, Evan Mobley. Yeah. And Evan Mobley. Evan yeah. Mobley was a little lucky for sure. Ooh, it wasn't looking good for him. No, a bit. but yeah. when you play 40 plus minutes, and it's just when you're making these plays, it's easier to rely on somebody that plays a lot and touches the ball a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes Mikel Bridges. Yeah, can be substituted for other guys on that team. Well, Evan Mobley was just there collecting boards, and he was good, but he wasn't his ultimate self. He just he wasn't as, as bouncy. Mm. There's rookie walls out there. I didn't think Evan Mobley would ever hit one, but I think every rookie does yeah. at, at some point. They hit that certain, definitely right now around 40, whatever, 40, 50 games never played. Done They've never before. done this Yeah, exactly. Uh, final game from last night. Let's touch on it quickly. Devontae Graham and JV Valentunas push the Pelicans past the Pacers 117 113. Any notes on this one, Ted? You want to talk Pacers-Pelicans? You want to talk about Pacers-Pelicans? I got no problem talking right. about the Pacers-Pelicans. Yes. Uh, injuries, COVID protocols allow guys to step up and get their opportunities. Pacers without their two big trade targets, Miles Turner, DeMonte Sabonis. A lot of guys chipping in. Two-way player, Dwayne Washington Jr. He's a Buckeye. Uh, uh, Kevin Love type line. 12 threes <laughs> shot. Wow. Love like. I think he might make the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. You want to talk Kevin Love in the Hall of Fame? I'm, I'm saying that resume stacks I, up. I sort of agree. He's going to be a borderline guy for sure. He for will sure. be. He will be. He, he does, he's does. he been injured a lot, so he doesn't have the cumulative stats if anyone cares about that. But but I know you care, Skeets, about the MVP tracker on Basketball Reference. I do. Nicholas Baker on the stream team chiming in with the Hall of Fame probability on basketball reference for Kevin Love, guess what it is? I mean, I can't tell if it's very high or very 52 low. 52%. What do my eyes uh, say? I think it's higher. I think it's higher. I think it's uh, 74%. 73.5. <laughs> this guy knows his basketball reference I trackers. live on basketball reference. 73.5. And then, yeah, this people chiming in for Kevin Love on the stream team. NF underscore D says, Love has better Hall of Fame credentials than Clay. And because and I know you guys Ooh. love looking at the All-NBA team teams because I yes, don't. I do. I do. Did, he lives there. Did yeah. a man make all NBA second or did he make third? <laughs> Clay has made two all NBA third teams. Right. That's it. Yeah. Kevin Love has made two all NBA second teams. So, so if Clay Thompson is the 77th best player in the history of the NBA, uh, then Kevin Love gets in. Anyways, uh, Kevin Love like line because Dwayne Washington only shot threes. Oh, yeah. That's we all. Talking oh, about yeah, 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 yeah. We are talking about the Pelicans. Right, 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 right. right. He's a, a two way player this year. Seven of 12 from three. That's his line. That was his line. Good for him. Dropping 21 uh, from the three point line. Uh, this was uh, just because all the Pacers were out, a game the Pelicans 
Had to have. Yeah. Had to have. And uh, the Pelicans, they love playing with one another. They rally around each other. Devontae Graham, Valanciunas, Ingram, who was even out their best player who was out. Josh Hart, Herb. Herb Jones loves playing. <laughs> Our Nikhil Alexander, most improved pick. Not looking good. <laughs> no. No, dead in the water. But the Pelicans are the 11th seed. So let's be a little positive here. Two games out. Two games out Let's of the play go, tournament. Pelicans. I can't believe that. It is. I we, can't believe it. We, it is surprising. We thought they were dead. So the, the fact that Zion uh, has been out for so long and is going to be out for a long period of time combined with the 10th seed just being uh, a floundering spot yeah. in the Western Conference. But it can you look at it as positive because Zion Williamson will come back this season. It sure feels like amongst the team, amongst the media, amongst the broadcasters there, there's, there's chitter-chatter that he'll come back. And... Yeah, when you're when you're looking up against the Portland Trailblazers, who have Damian Lillard, who isn't going to come back for at least until March, and who knows? Uh, there's yeah, there's some uh, there's some promise there, especially with the the Blazers that I'm sure we'll get to could decide to to trade down and be a seller at the deadline. So the Pelicans with Zion in the play-in tournament, oh yeah, Ooh, everybody. Got NBA would love that. that for the numbers, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, Pelicans won this game. <laughs> they shot six for thirty from deep, twenty percent. Uh, and Devontae Graham hit five of them. He went five <laughs> and nine from three. So the rest of the team missed 20 of 21 three-pointers, which is insane, but they did everything else well. Um, you know, they, they scored inside. They doubled up Indiana in the paint. They hit 93.5% of their free throws. Man, I wish Lee was here to talk about that. And uh, they had 23 assists on 41 made baskets. So they moved the ball and took care of it too. Only 11 turnovers. So good win there from the Pelicans in this race, incredibly in this play-in race. Which is why they created it, I guess. <laughs> never stop, never stopping. Shout out to the Pelicans. I hope they actually make the 10th seed because they could have easily just shut the season down and gone into the poops uh, when they started 1-12. Back to poops. Back to poops. Man, I didn't know what else to say there. Where, <laughs> where would you go? Where does a Pelican even live? The Marsh. Go back. They could have went know. to the marsh. Yeah, you know, they could have buried their head in the marsh. Yeah, as a pelican does. <laughs> a marsh, a marsh, a swamp type yeah. thing. Yeah, because they have a nest. I think every bird does. <laughs> every bird <laughs> has a nest. All right, let's call it there. Um, yeah, let's call I've, it there. I've been to a marsh down in Louisiana, and that's why I say that to to swamp country yeah. to get the, the croc bayou. going down the bayou to get crocs out of the water. Our guide was throwing marshmallows into the water. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like that. Nah, that's gross. <laughs> so artificial. I know. <laughs> These jet puffs. That's a brand of marshmallows, I think. Yeah, you throw those into the water. The Crocs love them though. They from, were chomping at the bit. Well, from just marshmallows <laughs> to just egg. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, back with No Dunks here in the Classic Factory. Let's have a little fun. NBA trade season is basically upon us. So I thought it would be cool if we went through every Eastern Conference team on today's show and look at the top trade candidates Mm -hmm. from those particular teams. We'll try and move with some pace here because there's a lot of teams, obviously, to touch on. But you guys can tell me if you agree, disagree. You know, maybe you've got a deal in mind, what they could possibly use as well. Start with the Atlanta Hawks. We'll hit these alphabetically. Kaka! Um... I think it's pretty obvious that their top trade guy, and again, this is these are players that the team that I'm talking about is likely looking to move off of, right? I think it's Gallinari. I think it's the Rooster, um, mainly because you've you've heard a lot of rumors. Rival executives are apparently saying they've made him available for a first round pick, <laughs> which I do not think they're <laughs> going to get, uh, or possibly as part of a, a bigger deal. He's 33 years old. He still shoots 40% from three, but he's really fallen off a little bit here. His points and his minutes per game are his lowest, lowest total since he was a rookie back in 08-09. He makes $20.5 million this season, and he's owed $21.5 million next season, but, 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 but that is not even close to fully guaranteed. So it's sort of, you can look at it almost like an expiring deal, but I think Gallinari, I don't see him being on the Hawks past the deadline. I think, I think some team... You can always add a guy like that that's uh totally have some, has some reps obviously in playoff series that can catch fire he's streaky um and you know you're not going to have to give up a whole lot i don't think to get him though the contracts are going to be interesting because you have to obviously get to, get into matching some deals there that'll be the problem is the contracts yeah. 20 million dollars this year like you're saying that's probably two players depending on the trade partner so yeah you got to talk yourself into danilo gallinari is going to really help our team come playoff time because right. you know he's a sizable wing slash small ball four kind of guy and he could get his own shot at least maybe not the greatest shot maybe you don't want danilo gallinari posting up doing these weird iso moves the way the Hawks had it last year and have had sometimes this season as well but I think he will be more helpful on a playoff contending team but that's a nice chunk of change for for you know an average player who's going to just be a little bit of a specialist for you but surely there will be a team that takes a chance on him and and you talked about it's it's more likely that he's the Hawks want to package together a couple players probably Gallinari being one of them to get back like more of a a difference maker that you can pair with Trey and, and if John's still there. They have a lot of good players on this team. They need a great player. They need to package a couple guys to yeah improve their talent level to raise their ceiling a little bit. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, Travis Schlank made a great contract, great move with this Gallinari move back in 19, I guess it was, uh, or I guess it was 2020, when I thought, you know, you're, you're signing this guy to a three-year deal and you've got John Collins playing ahead of him and all this guaranteed money, but that third year really works out uh, where it's only, you know, partially guaranteed there. Yeah. It's essentially an expiring contract uh, for most teams because NBA teams can afford to drop five mil on a guy that they don't play. Uh, he can just get a nice $5 million check and go away next year. But I don't think it's surprising that Gallinari has picked up his play lately. He is a playoff performer, as Trey said. He can come out and and ball. And so I think the second half of the season is when Gallinari uh, is really solid. 
and in the playoffs. As they used him last year, he was just a a bucket. If Rudy Gay is a bucket, Gallo is a bucket. <laughs> and he won the last two playoffs. How many career points? I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna look. This is gonna be. This is gonna be. Sad, you think I he think, has actually. more points than Kevin Love? That's not possible. No, no. But I think we're gonna be like, whoa, that's more Ten. than I expected. Yeah. Really? So fourteen thousand? You think? Ten. 10,900. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a that's fair perfect. That's a perfect. But the last two playoffs, he's <laughs> been, he's been, he was good in the, yeah. in the Hawks playoffs and in OKC, if you remember him with, with Chris Paul. He was there, an outlet and he was scoring and he was honestly their best option at times, scoring the ball. So teams will want him, but yeah, the Hawks want to get better. So I, I look at t, the guys sort of on, uh, that are possibility, that are on the block like Jeremy Grant or something. Mm-hmm. Does that make the Hawks better? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, Jeremy Grant needs to go somewhere where he is, you know, definitely the number three. The Hawks need to raise their sailing of their n- number two guy. And the problem with Gallo's contract is you want to get a number two guy in this league. Uh, wh- why are they trading, you know, Gallo? Well, for Gallo, I should say. Why Why is the team trading for Gallo? Unless the picks are juicy. And that's why they went and got that Cam Reddish right, pick. Right. So we'll see. Yeah. Our next team, let's put on our green hats here. This one's for Chiefs. Um, Boston Celtics. I think it's Marcus Smart. You know, if, if, we are, uh, if we are not on board with splitting one of the, the, the two Jays up, you know, be it Tatum or obviously Jalen Brown is more likely if you're going to move one of them. I think Marcus Smart, who is eligible to be traded today. Oh. Yeah, January 25th. Now, He's got a wild contract. He signed a four-year, $77 million contract extension uh, in the summer. So it goes for a while. Right. But we, you know what you're getting, at least, with Marcus Smart. I think, uh, you know, the, the positives are great. You know, the defense there, obviously a leader on that end of the floor. Streaky as hell uh, when it comes to, to shooting the ball, especially from distance. But did you guys hear, like, there was, like, this report going around, or, you know, I guess, yeah, I guess you can call it a report. He was, like, telling everybody on the Celtics that he loved them. Just oh, recently, yeah. and people are reading into it saying, uh, he's sort of it's saying over. goodbye. He's been told that maybe they are moving him. <laughs> he saw it on the calendar this yeah. January yeah. 25th I mean, is coming. But I think, of course, teams that are thinking they're title contenders, that are like close to that level, you add a player like Marcus Smart, if you can, uh, to your roster, and, and it's going to like up you a little bit. So I think that I don't, you know, the Celtics, we don't know what Brad Stevens is going to do. This is his first trade deadline as someone in the front office. We know he loves Marcus Smart, but so it's a wild contract extension there. It goes on for a while. It's not crazy, crazy money, but I think I think he's at the top of their list. Yeah, I would have to agree because that's a pretty big contract. And you say you know what you're getting from Marcus Smart, and that's true. Like over the course of a season, like he's going to yeah. shoot 40% from the field. He's going to shoot 31% from three, but that's like he'll shoot six for 10 one game and then 0 for 10 the next game. So you know what you're getting, but not from day to day. I don't know. I'm. I think the Celtics should trade Marcus Smart, which is weird because you say a contender would love to add Marcus Smart because he makes them go to the next level. The Celtics thought they were contenders who were trying to go to the next level, and to me, Marcus Smart is one of the reasons they're held back. They need a reliable right. point guard to kind of like organize things, and Marcus Smart. It's just too much highs and lows for him. He doesn't just have that steady game where he can organize the offense and he can be a little bit of an outlet. Uh, He does play defense. He does make some plays. And surely getting away from Boston, he'll have to figure out a different way to play, which is probably helpful. But I think the Celtics get better if they trade him. Yeah, the Marcus Smart experience is uh, pretty unique in the NBA. I mean, there's a lot of highs, a lot of lows. He'll get an incredible steal on one end and then, yeah, make a bad mistake on the other end. 
but sometimes they're good mistakes. And I hate to do it. I know we've got a Lakers swear jar going, but <laughs> it's like every guy that's capable of playing basketball would be a good fit around the Lakers because they just need to improve their you know three, four through eight. Like Trevor Ariza is playing minutes out right. there right now, and he's struggling, and, and Frank Vogel's trying to push him through these struggles. But Marcus Smart, as a guy who, I don't know, like, like a Jay Crowder who went to an NBA Finals with the Miami right. Heat, play D, and maybe we can up that percentage from 31 to 38 because LeBron's feeding you the right. ball. Right, better looks. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, again, that's who the, who who's coming back. But on the Celtics, uh, it's, it's preserving the Jays, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and everybody else is expendable right I now. I think so, yeah. I mean, Schroeder is a popular name, too, just because of his contract. It would be really a rental probably for a team unless they have, you know, designs to, to sign him after this season. But I, I put Smart at the top of my list. Okay, Brooklyn Nets. This one doesn't need to take. We don't need to take long. It's Paul Millsap because he has told them, and the Nets have agreed. All right, we'll we'll try and trade you. The only question is, is someone going to offer a second round pick for Paul Millsap? That's all it is. I will go in on no. Yeah, I think I he think will you're be right. A, I'll be a buyout, buyout. guy. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. But if somebody wants him, I think a second round pick uh, basically does it. Yeah. Sure. And and uh, that that's an easy one. All right, the Charlotte Hornets. I, okay, I put two guys down because I actually still think they're going to be paired together in some inevitable Hornets deal here. Mason Plumley, because of contract reasons, really, and then James Booknight as like the young sort of prospect to maybe entice a team. It's tough to figure out what's the window for this roster right now. You know, do they stay patient with the team they have, or do they really try and like sort of make, look to make a move here to really put them squarely in like the top six in the East, which they could do. Because they're, you know, there. They need a center. <laughs> the Plum Dog Millionaire, he starts. You know what you're getting from him, but <laughs> you're not going to be like a, a legit, like, oh, we could win a first-round series probably with the Plum Dog Millionaire as your center. So, Miles Turner, they've been linked to. You know, Christian Wood is another option. Maybe Mo Bamba, uh, even from the Magic. And I just think it'll be Plumley, and I think Book Knight is going to be one of the, the enticing pieces to one of those teams to potentially make a deal, being a, a young shooting guard. And the the prospect you mentioned of Miles Turner coming back seems promising to the Hornets and their fan base because that's desperately what they need yeah. alongside all these guys who handle the ball uh, in Rozier, in Lamelo, in Hayward. And I wonder if if they're able to make that happen because it seems like they've got enough. It's it seems like with the picks combined with the young talented guys mm-hmm. that they're sort of the front runners. Uh, of a bunch of teams. like We just mentioned the Brooklyn Nets. They would love to have Miles Turner on their roster, obviously, but they don't have enough to go back back to the Hornets. But the Hornets, um, or to the Pacers, I should say, but the Hornets have enough. And then if Miles Turner does come in, and I mentioned all those ball handlers, because will Miles Turner be happy playing with all those guys? <laughs> because he said he, he wants more of a role, and uh, I just wonder if he's ever going to touch the thing uh, with, <laughs> with the Charlotte Hornets. But I, th- I think they have enough to deal uh, for Miles Turner. And I don't know, maybe Miles Turner just said that in a, a, a situation where he just wanted to say something and just wanted to talk <laughs> about his, his large role, wanted to pump his his role up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, maybe it was just a circumstance there. But he would fit so, so well. And, and I think Book Knight uh, could be the center of a package going back to the Pacers along with the pick. Yeah, definitely picks are going to be included in in any sort of deal for a big name like that. Uh, Trey, you look at the Hornets roster. Like, what do you think they should sort of 
do here, if anything. They need a big guy. I actually like the Christian Wood deal a little bit more than a Miles Turner deal. I just mathed it out real quick here. Christian Wood's on a $13 million deal. Nine for Plumley, four for Book Knight. Call it in. Call it in. Call it in. Yeah, they need a center. They, they need, need a center. center. And I, I really, if I'm a betting man, I proved that I was last night when I lost. <laughs> Damn it, Bridges. Um, I think they are going to be active here. I think they're going to do something. And I, it, yeah, if it's not Turner, which is sort of more like a little bit of a swing for the fence because he is a really good player and he would be awesome there, then yeah, I think maybe it's just like a, a step-down center, right, to uh, to help them out. And Christian Wood's fine. Maybe. and Yeah. You think it might even work out better? I don't, I don't think it's a huge step down okay, to Christian Wood is what I'm saying. No, no. no. Yeah. I wonder if the Rockets give up on him. They you know, gave him that long-term yeah. contract. Yeah. Solid player, but yeah, they had that little little locker room incident earlier this year. Solid guy, though. Let's go to the Chicago Bulls, Trey Kirby's Chicago Bulls. I have, um, I think it's only two guys that they're most likely to try and move here. Derek Jones Jr. Uh, with his expiring basically $10 million contract that will come in handy if they take a swing at some sort of frontcourt player. Or, and you've said it before, Trey, Patrick Williams, you know, it sucks that he's not playing for the rest of the season. Uh, likely that, you know, is he the enticing young prospect that they include in some deal to, to try to get it? It has to be one. It has to probably be Derek Jones Jr. or Patrick Williams, right? Yeah, and Derek Jones Jr. would certainly be more likely because you would like to keep the younger guy if you can. Um, one of my favorite fake trades I've seen is that the Bulls and the Blazers would go back in time and swap Larry Nance Jr. <laughs> for Derek Jones Jr., which was the trade they did this summer. And everyone's like, why didn't they just take Larry Jan Nance Jr.? Derek Jones has actually been really good. Him being out has kind of hurt the Bulls just because he's a really athletic and active player defensively. They need to force turnovers, but clearly the Bulls need to upgrade somewhere in the big guy zone because if you saw last night when the Thunder went to small ball, they were just getting Vooch in the pick and yeah. roll, and he's boiled Vooch in there when it's small ball. <laughs> it's easy to score, so they need something to kind of beef up uh, their defense in the front court. So, yeah, I think Derek Jones Jr. could certainly be traded. Yeah, he's got the bone bruise in his right knee. Yeah. I think he's out still like a month, uh, if I have that right, if the timeline's correct. Bulls have been one of several teams linked to Jeremy Grant. So you've seen probably a lot of, like, Derek Jones Jr., Patrick Williams as the real enticing piece to the Pistons, and then not the Bulls pick, but they do have uh, uh, the Blazers pick. Mm -hmm. Is that enough for Jeremy Grant? Uh, James Edwards III with The Athletic is basically saying, Pistons are probably not moving off of Grant, but we can get to them in a second. What do you think? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think Grant gets moved. Uh, you do? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's time. I think the Bulls would think about trading Kobe White as well, just with all of their oh, guards. Yep. He might be playing too well now. I mean... But Io DeSumo helps out. Yeah, he's he's yeah. cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, there's just with obviously with Demar and Lonzo and Levine and Caruso. A lot of When's Kobe gonna play? Yeah, uh, when they're healthy. I mean, he's playing so so well. He stepped in and played well, and maybe he's helped his trade value. And uh, you know, he's he's gonna come up on a contract extension pretty soon. And so I don't know if they pay him when they just paid Lonzo. They just paid Caruso, and they need to put some money into a, a big man spot. And I wonder if they can get in the Miles Turner sweepstakes. I got Miles Turner on the brain. I don't know if Turner and Vooch. Yeah, really are a symbiotic relationship out there. If it's, Turner if it's, and Sabonis, what's the difference? Yeah, it hasn't worked out amazingly well. <laughs> yeah. Turner and Vooch is so like Turner and Hooch, though. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Call it in. Be a great Photoshop, for sure. Uh, all right, let's go to the Cavs here. I have as their top trade candidate, pretty tricky Ricky, Ricky Rubio, um, which, you know, is unfortunate because he's, he's injured. He's out for the rest of the season. He's an unrestricted free agent, though. 
you know, he's probably, if the Cavs make a big deal, he's going to be the foundational piece to that. His, his salary is large enough. It's, uh, you know, basically $18 million. Cleveland has Darius Garland. He's the point guard of their future. Rubio, again, was awesome when he was playing. But I think if they're looking to upgrade this roster, um, it's more likely that it's Rubio over a Kevin Love, uh, mainly because of Kevin Love's contract, that they would uh, that they would try and ship out. Do you agree or disagree, Tess? I, I think that Rubio is definitely on the block. I, I, more than Love, for sure. I think Colin Sexton is equally as tradable as Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. A lot cheaper and I think the, the Cleveland Cavaliers, like you said, Garland is their future, and Sexton is up for a contract extension this offseason. But, yeah, I could see Ricky moving. Poor Ricky, just bouncing around the league. Uh, he went from He's gone to four teams in four years now, and that would be a fifth team that he'd be dealt to. Wow. Uh, bouncing around all over the place. Just got a soft spot for Rick. But uh, I don't think they invest in Colin Sexton either, so I think he's got to be on the block. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think that they are both certainly trade candidates because you put them together, that's like $24 million of contract to move there. And honestly, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise with Colin Sexton and Ricky Rubio going down because Darius Garland is just doing more. And he was obviously ready for it, so I don't think you're going back in time to give more responsibility to Sexton if you're the Cavs. Now's the time to cash in. And and Rubio, I mean, I think is an easy one. If he's not going to be playing for the rest of the season, he's got a sizable deal that's not going to be there next year. You need to get an asset for him while you can. To the Detroit Pistons, I think there's a lot of names that they would move off of. Um, Josh Jackson is an, is probably a bit of a no-brainer. Corey Joseph, I could see a lot of oh, teams yeah. that are, again, you know, title contenders. They always seem to want, like, just give me a, a backup point guard that's not going to ruin things when he's out there uh, as yep. a second or third guard. So Corey Joseph, he's got a player option next season for, for around $5 million, so it's not like he has a huge deal. Um, I think the Pistons would... You know, gladly take a pick or whatever it was, uh, a young, young guy for Corey Joseph. Kelly Olenek, maybe, you know, we talked before about him, another player that I think teams uh, sort of, I guess, Gallinari-like in a, in a way. Not that their games are similar, but maybe like sort of uh, at least the little injection into your second unit that both of those guys could bring. Though uh, I think I'd have Corey Joseph and Josh Jackson above those guys. And then there's Jeremy Grant, which we've talked about sort of ad nauseum at this point. But you're convinced they move him. I- I'm not. If uh, I'm, I'm sorry. i got to take James Edwards III's reports over you, Tass. And he says well, that they may not move him. Maybe we're reading different Edwards reports. Uh, are we? Uh, I, maybe I, you're I reading thought... James Edwards IV, and I'm reading <laughs> James Edwards III. Um, uh, yeah, they've got a bunch of expendable guys. Guys, yeah. guys that they could deal. And guys that other teams would want. Lakers swear jar time. I thought Kelly Olenek would fit in perfectly there, but I don't think they even have enough for Kelly Olenek. <laughs> what? I, I, yeah, well, well, okay. If they're if the Pistons are going to take another pick back, yes, the Lakers have a pick in 2027 if it's going to be a first-round protected, I'm sure, for Kelly Olenek or a second-round pick. But uh, I don't know. I, th- I, I thought the Pistons are getting out of the, the pick game and trying to improve. But at the same time, if you're trading Jeremy Grant, you're probably trading for picks. Um, I can't see a team giving up a pick for Olenek or Jackson or Corey Joseph. Definitely not Jackson. Uh, for, I mean, even a second round pick? Even a second round yeah. pick. I think maybe. I think maybe a second round pick for one of those guys. Possible. Protected top no 55. What did, what did Rondo just get traded for? Something second round. He was pick-ish. a second round pick, right? Yeah. So maybe. Kelly so, Olenek, maybe. he can help out a team. You want to pay him for two years after this? Yeah, that's the problem. You can get a Kelly Olenek anytime you want. Get a Paul Millsap if you want a Kelly Olenek. <laughs> Why not? Same guy. 
Pistons will uh, probably be back this year with uh, Weaver in, in control. And like you said, these guys that uh, a team could talk themselves into getting for very, very little, and I think it wouldn't take much. Corey Joseph on the Celtics would be nice, even for yeah. them to just move that thing around a little bit. I know he's undersized and probably doesn't have the reputation, but he would help. He's, he's solid. Who's Corey Joseph played for? The Spurs, the Raptors, the Kings, Pacers. Piston? Was he Pacers? Oh, yeah, he was he a Pacer. A, yeah. Holy moly, was he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's bounced. Forgot about that. Well, speaking of the Indiana Pacers, I'm putting Miles Turner at the top of the list. Uh, it sucks that he's injured, and, and how did that come? How that comes into play with the uh, with the, the foot injury? I guess it is a stress fracture. I mean, usually it's twenty what twenty games a player sort of misses. So he's get if if that goes according to plan, he's back for like the 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 playoff push, and then he would be playing in a playoff series. So hopefully it doesn't really diminish like any sort of trade value too much. Now we know that Indy wants two first round picks for him, or that promising young player and a first-round pick. Those are the reports. Again, that's why the Hornets, you know, you can get a promising young player. You can get a pick. Um, and then, obviously, salary to make it match. But I, I have Miles Turner not playing for the Indiana Pacers uh, after the deadline. It's very interesting uh, with the Pacers, how they put all three guys that they want to trade out there via that athletic report in Sabonis, Karis LeVert, and Miles Turner. And they're sort of basing what they want on what the Chicago Bulls uh, were able to, or I'm sorry, the magic, what they were able to extract from the Bulls last year for Vooch right. in two juicy right. first-round picks and a uh, you know, decent player in Wendell Carter Jr. That was that was a heist. That was a really good trade for the magic. I don't see the Pacers getting that much, even for Sabonis at this point. It just seems like there are a lot of sellers out there currently. So I do agree, though. I don't, I don't think Turner has lowered his trade value or has uh, gone off the market because of his injury and I think he's more likely to be dealt because they're asking less for him yeah. than Sabonis. I was going to ask you if you're ranking them in terms of like who's most likely to be dealt here in the next couple of weeks who, between Turner, Sabonis and Lavert, like where how are you going 1 2 3? I would go Turner, Sabonis, Lavert. Okay. I think would be my order because Turner's going to be a plug and play guy and he's the cheapest to acquire, well, I mean, Levert is probably easy to acquire as well, but Turner and Sabonis are the, the two headliners, no doubt. You put him out there, he's going to play defense, he's going to shoot open threes, he'll grab a few rebounds here and there, so that's an easy slot in for a lot of teams, like the Hornets. Like, we just need a starting center who can do something. <laughs> Throw him in there, that's easy. If you're acquiring Sabonis, you got to turn over a lot of your offense to him, uh, and he definitely changes kind of the structure of your team. Like, he's obviously been playing next to Turner for the almost all of his uh, Indiana career, but you don't want him as a five because he's not going to be a great defensive five, I don't think. So you might have to have a five out there. Does the fit work? Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. There are more questions to answer. Yeah. Even if Sabonis right. is a better player. So yeah, Turner seems to be uh, a lot easier to fit in places. This next team I found very difficult to uh, try and figure out. The Miami Heat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it's going to be KZ Akpala <laughs> for basically books reasons right if they if they were to trade him it opens up more room below the tax it's simple as that interesting yeah now maybe duncan robinson maybe obviously we know he what he does well um you know the, the heat at the top of the eastern conference they played well duncan robinson has not been a huge huge part of that uh especially with tyler hero having a, a crazy bounce back season and possibly winning six man of the year who knows if he's been running for most improved even uh so i go with kz for just like super simple helping the books out 
And then Duncan Robinson, maybe with a bigger contract. And uh, I, I struggled with the Heat, if I'm hey. being completely honest. Hey, I appreciate how you're not just looking for clicks here, <laughs> clickbait, and not throwing out names for the Heat. Because I don't think they, I don't even think they trade Duncan Robinson. Right. Not just because he's been playing better lately. The Heat just making everything happen so perfectly. They played him off the bench, and all of a sudden he's back hitting his six threes. Right. He's playing well. I don't think they trade any of their core. So, yeah, you would have to look deep down in the queue uh, for somebody that they would trade. And and all their guys, we've talked about Max Struess and Gabe Vincent and Omer Yurtseven and all these guys who are just balling for this team. Who would they trade? You're, you're right. Yeah. I, I don't think they trade anybody, really. And they're waiting for Victor Oladipo to come back, too. Mm, crazy. Uh, Any, anything to add to the heat there? No. Nah. I got no Casey Okpolit takes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got nothing. Do you think if uh, KZ got traded to Toronto, it would be KZ? Uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I'll laugh at Bucks. a letter joke. Bucks are also difficult. I um, I think it's tough. Dante DiVincenzo maybe as the most likely to be moved. Here's why. His, <laughs> he has not played great since he came back. He's only played in 10 games, but uh, his trade value maybe uh, went down uh, <laughs> in playing in these 10 games. Offense has been brutal. He cannot score. Um, his rookie deal is up after the season. And the other reason is they did sign Grayson Allen to, uh, what was that, a, a, a two-year 20 million. So 10 million per year. Sort of as that at that guard position there, so I think he's maybe expendable, and I think like he's been bad. Don't get me wrong. I like like when I watch him play, I'm like, oh, he does a lot of little things that I. You can see obviously teams and other coaches being like, yeah, we can plug and play him. Um, so I'll put him on the top of my list. Anyone I'm missing? If you can acquire the Michael Jordan of Delaware, you, you should do, do it. it. You should do it. But I agree that dastardly. Grayson Allen has maybe made Dante DiVincenzo a little bit expendable. I even saw a stream teamer Ziggy saying perhaps the Bucks don't win the title if Dante DiVincenzo is healthy last year. That's how bad yeah. he's been yeah. this year. So I don't know if they're not convinced on DiVincenzo's long-term impact, get an asset, you get something. do something, yeah. do something to keep uh, building your team around your actual stars. Yeah. The one hole the Bucks have is probably a backup center. Uh, especially because Brooke Lopez's status is Great sort question. of up in right, the air. Right. DeMarcus Cousins picked up, then released. What are they going to do at the backup center spot? Can they convince the New York Knicks to take on another wing and Dante, Dante DiVincenzo Vincenzo, package him with something to make the salaries work for Nerlens Noel, who, as Trey said, sometimes you can you can find a Nerlens Noel-type guy mm-hmm. out there. Nerlens Noel is signed for another two and a half years Maybe it doesn't really work with the timeline for the Bucks, but I think the Knicks would probably like a mulligan on that contract of Nerlens Noel. They probably paid him a little bit too soon considering where they are and the fact that you can get a, probably a defensive center out there, but the Bucks want one because they want to win a ship. Okay, well, let's go to the Knicks then. Who is it at the top of their trade candidates that they would look to move off? Kemba Walker is the obvious answer, right? I think uh, they would do that. He's not really well. He was he was playing, and then he wasn't playing, and then he was playing, and then you know, sort of out of the rotation <laughs> there again. Injuries coming into play. But what about what about Mitchell Robinson, Mitchie? And I like him. Me I don't want too. Knicks fans to get too upset with me here. I really do like him. He struggles at times, of course, to stay on the floor. That's yeah. a, that's a big knock yeah. on him, unfortunately. But he is in the final year of his rookie contract, and the Knicks are not projected to have cap space next season. So. What type of deal is this guy getting? And are the Knicks going to be the team to pay him? You know, 
you said it like they, they obviously like Obi Toppin. He should probably be playing more. Uh, a lot of Knicks fans have been saying um, already being a young guy. But anyway, I just think I think Mitchell Robinson is the most enticing player the Knicks could move. That maybe that's a better way to put it in some sort of package to get back like somebody of uh, significance. Agreed. Uh, that's that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah. And they've kind of handcuffed themselves because they've paid so many guys this offseason like they were a team ready to win the whole thing in Fournier. The aforementioned Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks. <laughs> I like saying aforementioned. That's a, nice <laughs> that's a great word, word, man. That's great. Uh, I think it was uh, one of our sponsors threw in the term polyunsaturated. Mm-hmm. Probably the most syllables ever in ad copy. <laughs> I'm not going to count them, but that's a lot. That's a lot. That's, that's a gutsy move. <laughs> it's like naming your company Just Egg. Uh, poly, to throw polyunsaturated in an ad copy. Anyways, uh, the next Mitchell Robinson. That's what we were talking about. Mitchell Robinson. Everybody, I think, would want Mitch. He's so cheap. He's so cheap. Right now he is. Right now, yes, I agreed. But I think the Knicks would be shooting themselves in the foot by letting one of those young guys go. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he's included if they're like really going sort of big game hunting here. He has to almost be to to get the other team to agree to it. Yeah. But I don't think they, again, I want to make that clear. I don't think they should be actively like, we're trying to trade Mitchell Robinson. Not that. I'm just saying he's likely to be in a deal if someone of note is coming back, Trey. Yeah, he seems, I don't know, like who's interesting on the Knicks from young players you would actually like to have? Barrett? He's, he's quickly. untouchable. Barrett's, Barrett's untouchable. untouchable. Quickly is like a little less untouchable, yeah. but not easy to touch, I would say. <laughs> and Robinson is Nerlens Noel. They're, you know, similar sort of players. A rim-running defensive center, which exists a lot in the NBA. So the only problem is that he's making like a little bit more than a million dollars. So they're not getting much back uh, unless it's part of a package. But you can talk yourself into being excited about Mitchell Robinson if you're the right team, I think. For sure. Orlando Magic, Terrence Ross is getting traded. Mm, Is this finally (laughs) the the year? year. You can lock it in. You can quote me. You can go ahead and tweet that if you want. Terrence Ross and or Gary Harris is getting traded. Uh, And he is, you know... The, the perfect, like, microwave score, Terrence Ross specifically, that I believe will win somebody. You know, mark, mark this down. Take note of this time uh, code, JD. Terrence Ross is going to win a playoff team, you know, a game, because he's going to get hot for a quarter or a half, and that'll be enough to, like, pull out this uh, road victory for Team X that's going to try and acquire him. Value contract, $12.5 million. He is an unrestricted free agent in 2023. And uh, I, I don't think he's, uh, you know, fits the Magic's long-term plans by any means. So I think they can get something back for him. And I think a team would be wise to to go get him. Yep. Agree, disagree. I, I agree, man. I think people should then trade him for Terrence Ross for seasons. Make it actually happen. That's an affordable contract, 12.5. It actually goes down next yeah, year. Yeah. You don't see that often. And when you do, you're excited about it if you're a front office sicko. <laughs> So, yeah, Terrence Ross. He'll have some nice playoff moments. Exactly he right. Will. He'll have a 20-point quarter. Sure. Why not? Gotta I would take a chance on Terrence Ross. Fire at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyone else? Mo, Mo Bamba, you know, are the Magic, uh, you know, still convinced uh, can be uh, a part of their core. He played great, obviously, a monster game the other night. Um, I think teams want him as well, but I got Terrence Ross most likely. How many centers do the Orlando Magic want? That's the question. Do you want to keep Mobama around to keep that collection of centers? Is it fun to have Robin Lopez sitting there on the floor, not on the bench? He's a real floor sitter. Uh, he just hanging out watching Mobama play. Could the Bucks make a yeah. an enticing package for Mobama? 
I thought you were going to say Robin Lopez. I thought you were going to say or Robin, Robin Lopez. Oh, well, Robin Lopez, I think. Yeah, okay. Because they brought Wesley Matthews back. He didn't win a championship. Robin Lopez, same deal. Did Robin? Robin wasn't there. He wasn't there last year, right? He was there the year before, just like Wesley Matthews. Mm. They got this family thing. You know, we like the bros there. They we like got the Nazis. We like Yanis. <laughs> they love to wrestle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Mo Bamba is definitely a uh, less required from the Milwaukee Bucks then I, I think for Nerlens Noel as I said earlier I don't know that's similar I guess yeah. actually I take that back but less would be for Robin Lopez I'm sure the Bucks would move off the magic would move off Robin Lopez pretty quick a lot of teams here yeah Rolo on the Braino <laughs> uh, final three in the east uh, we can move with some pace here Philadelphia we're not saying Ben Simmons I'm gonna say Danny Green Okay, because <laughs> I'm tired of talking about Ben Simmons. <laughs> Danny Green, look, he's, he's he's old. He shoots. I think he's shooting he's 30, old. 38 percent. Green from is three. old. Has he grabbed a rebound yet this season? <laughs> I know he sure. played like 30 games without grabbing a rebound or something crazy. I, I am fascinated by reports, and I know we're doing the West maybe tomorrow or later this week when we do this again, if you like it enough. Um, that the Rockets don't want to trade Eric Gordon. Yeah, what is up with that? Yeah. Everybody's lying, guys. Liars. Did yeah. you notice that every team says they don't want to trade their players? <laughs> every single one? Yeah. So, you know, Philly <laughs> could be some interest there in, in acquiring an, an Eric Gordon. And would Danny be involved in that? Would a Furkan? Actually, Furkan can't be traded until after the deadline, I think. He's a weird one. <laughs> Anyway, well, that's real thing. sickle shit right there. I think somebody don't call me can't on that. Probably can be traded after the Tra- deadline. Tra- no, exactly. But I don't think yeah. it can be traded. Trey, you're right. The the GMs out there are being conniving and and they're lying. But the only team that says we will trade our guys is the Pacers. <laughs> so are they the liars? Well, I thought Herb Simon said that actually no, we're not completely rebuilding. Yeah. Didn't even he say yeah, that? Yeah, you're right. He walked it back a bit. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I believe Kevin. Pritchard, as even Daryl Morey is like, hey, we could trade. We could definitely trade with the Sacramento Kings, but we're not gonna. <laughs> we're not gonna. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got Danny Green being moved uh, if the Philadelphia 76ers do something here before the deadline, and whether it involves Ben Simmons or doesn't, I guess. Uh, the Raptors, an easy one. Goran Dragic. They're gonna try and get anything back for him. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah he's nice. completely out of the rotation. <laughs> A trade seems inevitable. Maybe they obviously it, uh, they don't get anything for him, and it turns into a buyout situation. But I, you know, he's the most obvious to me. Anything Agreed. To add on the reps. Well, no, it, that's an obvious one. The question is, would they give Goran Dragic a ring if they trade him, and then they win the championship <laughs> like they didn't give to Jonas Valanciunas? Wow, oh, right, the Raptors aren't winning the championship. Right. Okay, that's just a joke for one me. <laughs> no, for me too. too. Okay, for okay, two. accept it. But uh, yeah, who else would they de- deal? I don't. Yeah, I don't. See he's it. the one. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the Washington Wizards. Um, if it's not Beal, and we've already talked about that quite a bit, um, I think the two names most likely to be actually moved in some sort of deal are Rui Hachimura or Denny Avdia. And I say or because I think one of those guys, if the Wiz go shopping to try and help their team, they're going to be moving a guy that's on a rookie contract, so one of those two guys. And then a vet with, you know, the salaries to make whatever they're coming back work. So that's either then Montrez Harrell, that's <laughs> Bertans, if a uh, team's very, very desperate uh, to get off whatever deal they're trying to, whatever player they're trying to move off of, and then a first-round pick. I think it's going to be Rui and Avdia, one of the veteran salaries, and then a pick, if they go and try and get someone of note. Uh, and I think the Wizards could be a buyer. Um, they could be here at the deadline. I totally agree. So and I think it's one of those guys. Yeah, like the Knicks, like the Hawks, a lot of solid players. 
package those for more of a star player. And they're not giving up on this era of Bradley Beal as their number one guy. I think they do. And there's an article on The Athletic uh, from Josh Robbins and Bob Kravitz contemplating a couple Ooh, of those guys. A Wizards-Pacers deal. A Wizards-Pacers deal, yes. Um, have we mentioned Kravitz? No, oh, no, we mentioned Bob Marley earlier. I thought we mentioned Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> no, Bob Kravitz, yeah, Pacers writer and Josh Robbins, uh, Wizards writer, getting together, thinking if uh, Sabonis could be had for a package led by Rui and Avdia, a couple lottery picks from the last mm. couple of years for the Wizards, plus a, plus a pick, obviously. That's starting to turn into not that bad a package if the Pacers are very serious about moving one of their guys. Yeah, I think they have to lower their expectations of that Vucevic package that the Magic uh, were able to extract from the Bulls. A couple of those first round picks, you know, I throw those in air quotes because those guys were first round picks just a a couple of years back. But as we've said, NBA GMs like actual picks. I want to make my right. pick. My selection. Like the Magic were able to get and, tr- and draft Franz Wagner at the eighth spot from the ma- from the Bulls. That was nice. That was a nice <laughs> move. But Avdia, wasn't he eight last year? Just trade for Avdia. I love <laughs> okay. me some Denny. So there it is. The Eastern Conference teams, who I believe are the top trade targets. Uh, let me know if you agree or disagree. Of course, uh, I'm sure you are right now in the stream team. Drop your uh, thoughts in the YouTube comments below. You can tweet at us at NoDunksing. And if you like this enough, <laughs> Let's just do it with the Western Conference. I think they got no choice, Skeets. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to do? 15 teams and be like, sorry, you figure out the West. <laughs> yeah, okay. We're doing the West yeah. uh, either tomorrow or maybe Thursday. And yeah. I tweeted because you said, tweet it. Terrence Ross is getting traded. You yeah. said tweet it. I tweeted it with a link to the show. Not a lot of engagement. Oh, maybe I'm going to take off the link to the show and just make mm-hmm. it a, you know, a wholesome, pure quote tweet rather than the <laughs> link the wholesome, tweet. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> wholesome was the exact hey, word hey. i was looking for. i was right uh last year i was beating the drum that aaron gordon was getting traded uh to the denver nuggets was that last year i can't keep track he did years. get traded last yeah year. uh so this is mine this year i, I guess I, I need to really pick my team where Ta- terrence ross is getting traded to mm. let me think on that a little bit and then i'll tweet it and then you can retweet it if you want maybe quote tweet it if you, okay. you got something to add okay okay yeah i'm not sure right now <laughs> I'm busy. I'm asking the people out there, do you like this tweet better? And I know what you're thinking. Does Terrence Ross smell like an old man? Does he have that distinct old yeah, man? Yeah, that's smell? what you're Terrence thinking. Terrence Ross does not. He's not that old. He's just in his 30s. The, yeah, yeah, but he's kind he of He is made look. of mung beans, though. Oh, yeah. Yes. Just like everything else. Everything <laughs> is made of mung beans. Uh, the metaverse is made of mung beans. Oh, mungiverse. <laughs> <laughs> tweet that. That might be good. Okay, Get your <laughs> NFBs, non-fungible beans, in the mungiverse. <laughs> okay. okay. We're going to take, take one more break. When we come back, uh, I've got Tweet of the Night, a fun question off of that. we got pick and results, so don't go anywhere. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic 
Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a fifteen hundred dollar first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, this is perfect! From an ad read about Stance Socks to our Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Yes, here's why. Because the tweet of the night has to do with socks. It's crazy. At Freeman Eric. Great tweet last night. Made me chuckle. Freeman Eric. I know. <laughs> Guys, I know. I like to say Freeman Eric. <laughs> Eric Freeman. Uh, Freeman Rick. <laughs> he tweeted, The dumbest thing I believe in, or I believe, is that you wear the left-right Nike athletic socks on the wrong foot you will pull a muscle. Hmm. So this is very common now. You get the socks with the little L and the R's on it. And uh, the, the free man, he believes if you uh, switch them up, that's bad luck. And you're going to pull a muscle. I get it. Do, I want- you, do you make sure that your socks that are labeled left and right, or do you make sure they're always on the right Yes, I do. Oh. I do. I do. I do want to be a free man like <laughs> Eric, though. I want to have socks that don't have an L and R. Which often stance don't. They they don't. I well, don't stance has like the little symbol mm. on their yeah. socks. That's supposed to go on the outer side of your I foot. I don't know that that's yeah. true. I, <laughs> I, I think they change it up. They change it up. What really? do you mean they change it up? Uh, because I've had the L on one side and then the logo on the other side, but and then vice versa. I know I've got like 85 pairs of Stan socks and they sometimes change it up. Oh, I'm telling you, I thought it was just an outside thing as well. I thought that was a universal I symbol. I, I thought it was a universal inside, so I don't know what universal inside. inside. Yeah. Always, yeah, I'm always putting that little circle right on my inner ankle bone. Wow, yeah, see, I, I would thought perfect. I would have thought they would have wanted it on the outside. Ooh, yeah, for branding reasons. Of course. Walk yeah, I mean, around. you're right. I'll yeah. tell you what is the most frustrating to me, though, is when uh, you look at your socks thinking you're going to see a, a left and right, but it's like size large. And you're like, mm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which foot does this go on? I can't yeah. decide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's terrible. I hate 
when I do put DL on my right foot, I go, oh god, yeah, feels weird. <laughs> now I gotta, t- now I gotta take it off. And like some of these athletic socks, they are not that easy to get on. Like they do not slide on your foot. No, they like, don't. They, they got you know, some compression they're to molded, them. Yeah, baby. so you got like, ah, oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, that happens <laughs> to it. me. Actually, I have a pair of Yanis Dentacupo socks that have a three on the left heel and a four on the right heel <laughs> oh, for, for 34. <laughs> if you put a four on your left heel, you got to sit down for another hour to take it off and put it on the other heel. Yeah, yeah. I, dr- I dread those. Oh. Uh, although it, See, it feels good. Fair. I like yeah. them. When they get on Siakam fan, right? Yeah. Fanasi, he's been oh, yeah. forty three, right? Yeah, I'll just be Fanasi. Yeah, good point, good point. Uh, anyway, the question off of this for all three of you, everybody in the stream team, um, do you have any sort of like dumb superstitions that you believe in, either sports related or or not? I wear this hat after every time the Bulls mm-hmm. win, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get a new hat until they win their seventh championship. Wow, could be twenty years. Now, will Who you knows? will you wash the, a hat? Wash a hat? I don't know. <laughs> what am I? <laughs> You're crazy, man. You think I put my socks on the wrong feet and wash my hats? Are you kidding? Wash my hats? You think I wear my hat on a ass? Yeah. No, man. I want this thing to be filthy. Yeah. Poro style is what I call it. Like uh, sweat sweat things. Oh, yeah. Thing. Uh, I wear it for every time I'm doing uh, yard work around the house. I try to get a nice sweat ring on it. Uh, I am a little... I do regret oh, yeah. my little... I got a little smudge here. Yeah. I think it was from that Georgia clay, you know? Gave, oh. just gave a little, gave a little you, you saw to the you neighbor. saw a neighbor <laughs> oh no I my hat yeah. <laughs> I gotta wash Could, it now couldn't <laughs> dig a hole into that Georgia clay well respect Georgia clay tip of the hat to you yeah, that's all right so that's that's a good one don't wash a hat I agree one of the weirdest things to purchase is one of those hat tumblers like you put a hat in a tumbler <laughs> yeah. and then throw it in the washing machine or with shoes don't wash a hat I wash a hat nope. me too yeah I wash. it changes yeah. its shape I mean my sh- I want that I want the shape to be like flat <laughs> my problem wearing a hat is it's too high all the time on my tiny lego head gotcha shout out to Lee hope you're watching also low key uh the scalp is one of my least favorite smells. Like a dirty scalp, I I hate it. I'm smells like mung beans. <laughs> it does smell like mung beans. You're right. I know what you're thinking. <laughs> These eggs have a distinct scalp smell. Uh, no, they don't. They don't. They don't. Stop smelling your scalp, JD. I know you have a sensitive nose, JD, but I do. Does it get all the way to your hairline? I I. I find my nose smelling things below me rather than above. <laughs> yeah, but if if I sniff my hat, I'm smelling my yeah. own scalp. Yeah, That's yeah. the it's problem. It's a bad smell. You're it's right. not good. It's yeah. Okay, so you not a hat it. sniffer. <laughs> smelling a hat. Don't. <laughs> this guy's a hat sniffer. I Just sniff don't. every everything I put near my head. I sniff. Like if I'm eating something, I will sniff it 100% of the time. 100% of the time, I sniff. Wow. Whatever's going into my mouth. Your glasses. Yeah. I, occasionally, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have uh, a superstition? Superstition, excuse me? Not as good as any of these. No. No. I, nah. No. No. I, I thought an alarm clock that forced me to get up. I mean, this isn't really a superstition, so why am I even saying it? But I thought buying, purchasing an alarm clock that, yeah. that had a, a, a remote detonator. Like it, it, it literally sounded like a bomb was going off beside me, and I had to go. I had to go to a keypad, which was several feet away, mm-hmm. to turn it off. 
would get me up. But uh, turns out, nah, yeah, it turns out it's <laughs> you can figure out a way around it. I just, I just thought, like you know, unplug it and throw off, it out yeah. the window. Uh, so yeah, unfortunately, that didn't work out. I mean, I figured out another way. Really. My wife didn't like the sound of a bomb going off. She didn't like the tone. Why? I know. Just, what? Yeah. I love being startled to wake up. I love it. I'll start my day thinking I'm in the middle of a world war. I got the blood flowing. Um, yeah. JD, any, anything uh, from you? Uh, it's Yeah, it's still related to smells and things. Uh, I need to rinse off. If I'm doing the dishes, every single dish has to be completely rinsed of of soap and mm. my body as well. Like if I feel an itch during the day, like any itch, I'll be like, that's soap. That's soap that I've left <laughs> on my body somehow. Wow. It's I'm really weird about it. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. It's a, it's a problem. So you it's do a, a crazy towel down. Towel down, like just uh, I'll stay in the you know. Uh, sorry, Tessa and everybody, all the environmentalists out there. I stay in a little longer than n- a normal person would, <laughs> just awesome. making sure that everything is completely wow soap free and dishes as well. I can't handle it if like oh this tastes like soap. Like even if it doesn't, like if it's like just something tastes weird, then it's uh, it's my fault for not rinsing off the soap. Huh? Yeah, weird. And you're a dishwasher person. So you're, you're rinsing, soaping, <laughs> then throwing it in the dishwasher. No, 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 no. I, no they, dishwasher, I'm fine. I trust oh. the dishwasher for some weird reason. If I'm, I'm if I'm hand washing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you are a bit of a. Is it safe to call you a bit of a hypocrite because you're a, you do get on anyone like uh, with their car idling and stuff like that, but yep. then here you are, just standing in the shower for thirty yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but it's. It's way less. It's less. <laughs> All right. It's less. Yeah. Yeah, and, you're, and you're letting a man use your recycling bin. That's right. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, nice. hey, man. Anytime, anytime. All right. Thank you, uh, free man, Eric, for that uh, excellent tweet. Keep them coming. Um, thanks, Eric. Uh, pick results from last night. Knicks, Cavs. Cleveland favored by seven and a half at home. Everybody was feeling good about the Cavs. Trey was. He said, yeah, they'll cover. Tass said, yeah, they'll cover. Lee said, yeah, they'll cover. I said, I don't know, man. The Knicks are pretty good in back-to-back, and they might keep it close enough. And they did. They somehow did. I got the victory, uh, only losing by a couple of points there. I did start to panic when I was like, oh, no, the Knicks are going to tie the game up. They're going to go to overtime. That's the worst thing. When you have the dog, and you're like, just lose. I don't care if the Knicks actually win or lose this game, but I care if you just keep it close enough. And I was like, just lose. And they did. I thought they were going to force overtime. Then they'd probably go go on to lose by eight or something, but they didn't, so that's good. So I'm 9-6. and Lee is five and ten. Bad month for uh, Lily, and you guys, <laughs> six and nine. Nice. So, tonight's game very important. It is a three-way race at the bottom here, still between Tash Trey and uh, Lee. I'm looking pretty good now mm-hmm. as uh, we start mm-hmm. to run out of games in January. But what's tonight's battle? Well, nine games on the board wow, tonight. Night. Yeah, an exciting nine-game night after that four-game night on Monday, and one of the games on TNT tonight. Lakers Nets. Kind of a difficult thing to prognosticate because the Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant who's injured, without Kyrie Irving who doesn't play at home, hosting the Lakers uh, who you know you never know what you're going to get. Lakers on a very long road trip are three and a half point favorites in 
Brooklyn, and so there will be some oh, rejigging at the bottom this of this big. race. Could be big. Myself and Trey taking the Nets, while Skeets and Lee, who is at the bottom of this race, taking the Lakers. I believe Lee inserted his Lakers pick along with a puking emoji. Yeah, he was not happy about taking the Lakers. It's tough. Think. It's a tough, mm-hmm. tough pick. But he saw you guys go in Brooklyn. He's like, uh, I might, might swerve here. I actually, I mean, as you saw, I agree with him. I think the Lakers. Anthony Davis is uh, probable That's for right. tonight. That's right. Uh, but yeah, we're Splitsville. Also, Splitsville put up a poll mm-hmm. for the stream team. You wash your hats? Uh huh. Forty percent wash their hats. Sixty oh. percent. Huh. So no, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of pushback here, but at this point, people should know I'm a scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on! I barely wash my clothes. <laughs> My body and my hair. Of course, I'm not yeah, washing you know, my, my hat. Not a not a hat like that, too. Like yeah. a, a working man's hat. <laughs> a working man's hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this hat really puts in the hours down at the classic factory. It's true. Yeah. Uh, car hearts are built to blow, is what me and Larry Lux said. When your hat's meant to be destroyed, that's how you know. Hmm. Built to blow. Built to blow. That tagline. That's not their tagline. That's your tagline. No, it's our tagline for them based on uh, our buddy Woody. You know, you you guys know Woody. Yep. Yep. He said he blows through a hat every time. (laughs) (laughs) He He said he blows through a hat. Every time he golfs, his hats last him one round of golf. Come he, on. he sweats through it too much, and it, and it's gone. It's like he's like, I wear my hat once. <laughs> See you later. Try washing it. <laughs> That's a hat you should wash if yeah. you're blowing a hat that bad. I said, not this one. This one's built to blow. Cost you a fortune. What are you talking? Woody. Putting a hole crazy in his for hats. this one, Woody. Okay, let's call it there. Uh, a long episode here this morning. Thanks to uh, everybody in the stream team on YouTube right now for sticking with us. We really appreciate it. Take a second, like the video, subscribe if you haven't, share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com or you can drop them in the YouTube comments below this vid. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. And here we go, guys. Grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Nice. Mm, nailed it. It's because I have water in my cup. Mouth is not as parched as it was yesterday. Yeah, you were saying you had a dry one going on. Yeah. <laughs> arid, an arid mouth. Yeah, it's a little dry Good in the classic factory. It can get a little dry. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's the winter down here. Things that's are right. dry. That's right. Things are absolutely <laughs> bone dry. <laughs> All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed this uh, very long classic. We'll be back tomorrow live at 10 a.m. Eastern here on YouTube. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. A little known fact here to end us off. Thank you for joining us. And remember, athletic subscriptions are made of mung beads. (laughs) (laughs) Embrace the day, people.